0: our whole system could be happier, and thus we could have access to more joy and more energy. And wow, what a different planet we would have if we lived that lifestyle.
1: You are 100% like preaching my yes. (laughs) Welcome to HEAL. Ever wanted to talk to someone with a PhD in turmeric? Well, lucky for you, I did, and now you get to, too. This super popular anti-inflammatory seems to be on every list for every ailment under the sun, but does it even work? Why does it seem like it's in every Indian food, and can it really replace your arthritis pain meds? Spoiler alert, yes, it can. Today on HEAL, Dr. Shivani Gupta explains the why and how of all things turmeric and its rightful place in the center of Ayurvedic medicine. Ayurvedic practitioner for over 20 years, Dr. Gupta is a fellow witchy scientist with a huge commitment to both the ancient healing arts married with modern-day impact backed by hard knocks evidence. Founder of her own company, Fusionary Formulas, she is a leading expert elegantly fusing Eastern and Western practices that help our bodies achieve ultimate equilibrium. Join us. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Marshall. Oh my gosh. I am, I wanted to hit record so many times in our pre interview because I'm like, this is so good. So I am just super excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much, Dr. Shivana Gupta for being here and you are our first ayurvedic medicine practitioner on heal so i'm just i'm this is an area of medicine that i have had a distant love affair and attraction to i'm a little bit more familiar with classical chinese medicine than i am ayurvedic and and i know it's incredibly powerful system of healing that is like turning the whole way that we look at disease inside out and is super effective with a lot of things that literally at least at one point came out of our kitchen. It's not so much the way people's kitchens look anymore, but you know the the origin of spices and herbs and medicine. Literally having medicine in your in your kitchen cabinet is so connected. And and I'm there's I'm I'm not knowledgeable in a lot of the details of it. So I'm really excited to be able to pick your brain today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So I want to start just with a little bit of like. This is, you know, I'm going to go really high level right now. Can you just give us the overview of what is Ayurvedic medicine, a little bit about the background and philosophy and approach so we kind of have a context of what we're talking about here today?
0: Sure. So Ayurveda is a system of medicine from India that's over five thousand years old. And just like you have traditional Chinese medicine over in East East Asia, and that is an entire system of how to live and herbs and spices, and it includes acupuncture. In the same way, Ayurveda is its own entire system, and it encompasses how we eat when we eat. The goal of Ayurveda is body, mind, and spirit in alignment. And it pulls together nature's elements. It pulls together the cosmos. It pulls together us as individuals having our own individual mind-body constitutions and our ability to leverage that. Ayurveda covers detoxification, digestive fire, which we call Agni, which we consider the key to all health. We cover sleep and how sleep and circadian rhythm interplay to give us optimal health. We have our own daily self-care rituals called Dhinacharya the daily self-care rituals for detoxification and optimal health. We have an entire detox protocol that's three to five weeks long that we believe everyone should do annually as their reset. It's like your oil change. If you don't do it, you're going to get in trouble over time because the system will gunk up. And then Ayurveda teaches us how to live a daily preventive lifestyle to prevent disease. And so a lot of times when people finally hear about Ayurveda, they've already reached the last door possible out of all the integrative modalities, literally the last door. And so my whole goal in life is to bring it all the way up to the front and say, guys, we could all live the Ayurvedic lifestyle every day. We could be more vibrant. We could have happier immune systems. Our whole system could be happier. And thus we could have access to more joy and more energy and wow, what a different planet we would have if we lived that lifestyle.
1: You are 100% like preaching my yes. <laughs> and it's so great to see the, the parallels here because my training in naturopathic medicine is the overarching, but then inside of that, I am a practitioner of biotherapeutic drainage, which is a specific system of using homeopathy and herbal medicine and lifestyle that actually does literally, and it's like, We have a whole daily protocol of daily detox rituals, which we call the basic treatment guidelines. And then we have a a huge emphasis on sleep and circadian rhythms and cycles. We do deep work on digestive fire. I'm literally like, check, 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 which is actually when they put together biotherapeutic drainage, it was in, I think the origins go back about 150 years. They pulled from the ancient structures of Ayurvedic medicine, classical Chinese medicine, like they that's what they incorporated in. And believe it or not, it was MDs at the time. Because in Europe, most MDs were trained in homeopathic medicine, and they had a background in herbs because that was our pharmacy in 1850. There was not very many actual, what we would call today, pharmaceutical drugs. Most of the pharmaceutical drugs were being adapted out of herbal medicine, like aspirin came from willow bark and digoxin came from foxglove. And so that's Who invented this system. And that's my back. And I'm literally like almost to a T what you just said. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, that's exactly what we do. And what I love about this is there's a universality. This is part of the like premise of HEAL is that it seems like it's a mystery how to get healthy. Like people are like, I go to the internet and I look stuff up and I research and I try things and I did this diet and I did this diet and I tried this one supplement. And like, I can't wait to talk about turmeric because I have lots of people are like, oh yeah, I tried turmeric. It didn't work. Right. And it's, there's a world to that. And we often think that something is going to be able to work exactly like a pharmaceutical will. Now you have some great information from your product line because you are also the founder of a supplement company. (laughs)
0: Yeah. You know, I am a big believer in giving Ayurveda to people in the way that they can use it most. Mm -hmm. And then once I get them, then I can move them up the ladder into making the shifts that I want. Like I want that leverage first. And so I did my master's in Ayurvedic sciences. And when I was in herbology class, I was sitting there and I was like, oh my God, every spice in the Indian kitchen is the best spice on earth. King will solve the gut issues and cumin will open up the digestive system to eat the food. And like, wow, my mind was blown. And I, I thought, God, turmeric is really from the plant kingdom. Talk about something that will really help my family because it's anti-inflammatory. It's antioxidant. And I come from a family of all diabetics. And so growing up, I'd go to India every year We'd live there for six weeks to two months, you know, in the summer or for spring break, my ki- my parents would just take us out of school and let us live in India to be with the family. And I just remember every year someone would die or have a horrible issue around their health. Like my grandpa passed away of a heart attack. My grandma was having a quadruple bypass. My other grandpa Parkinson's with a leg amputation due to diabetes. And as I watched it, I was just horrified. I was like, wait a minute. My family has taught me to be a smart successful person, but smart and successful leads to death in a horrible way at the end stage of life. This makes no sense. And my brain doesn't accept things like that. Like if it makes no sense, it has to be solved. And so when I learned about turmeric, I was like, this is a solution. Why are we not all taking turmeric? What's wrong with all of us? And so I did my PhD on turmeric. I was going to do a dissertation on Ayurvedic pregnancy. Oh my
1: God. I love this.
0: Yeah. So I'm like the only weirdo on the whole planet. I think who has literally a PhD. the PhD
1: in turmeric, like turmeric, one root, right? You're yeah, like, I'm taking it is. all the way.
0: It was fascinating to read. that oh There's gosh. over 6,000. Now there's more science on turmeric, but that root can give us so much. And so my whole world is, is how and why and potency and how do you drive even more out of the result that you want? How do you give it to people in a way that'll move the needle? How can we show that we can fuse Eastern and Western medicine? We can bring Eastern medicine into Western medicine. That's a palatable science-based solution that they can offer alongside their pharma solutions. We're just an adjunct. We're not competition We're saying, hey, your stuff works, your tool works. Can I offer you a new tool alongside? So I like to go into systems and say, I'm just adding a new tool in the toolkit. I'm not taking away any tools.
1: Yeah, that's huge. And that's been a big part. Like, Yeah, it's been really fun.
0: It's been really an interesting journey of showing people that turmeric can have that power, that potency, showing so many different types of physicians, what it can do for the body. So what I'm most excited about when it comes to turmeric is I get to bring it into the world in a way that Western medicine can use it. I like to fuse, fusionary, fusing the East and West. And it's been really powerful to get to work with orthopedic surgeons, functional medicine doctors, acupuncture physicians, chiropractors, and then the list goes on. I'm excited to talk into rheumatology for all the autoimmune conditions they deal with. Anyone who's dealing with inflammation, which is an itis in the body, the minute they say you have something itis, they're going to try to give you a solution for the something itis, gastritis, you know, bursitis, nemenitis, arthritis. And so my whole goal was if I can develop a turmeric that's so potent and so pure and made in the US in a way that's trustworthy, and then put science behind, have all the different levels of testing done and human trials on the product, then could we have proven without a doubt that it can work alongside NSAIDs and all the different pain solutions and opioids that the doctors are going to give us? And so now, seven years later, I have proven my point, which is, a lot of orthopedic surgeons give it to the patient alongside their other solutions and the patient come comes off of those drugs and solutions much faster and the natural solution will hold them or post pandemic i'm seeing a very interesting trajectory where most people are walking into the doctor saying you know what i'm in pain I don't want your injection. I don't want this thing you're offering me. And the, and I laugh with my doctors because I'm like, what did they expect from you exactly? A massage? Like you're an orthopedic surgeon. <laughs> These are your toolkits, but they wanted a solution or, or something for themselves. And so the turmeric solution is the one they're choosing because they want a natural solution in their body. So to me, there's a lot to unpack there. But if I could create a tool where all of the different subspecialties in Western medicine, Offered a natural tool alongside their other tool. Yeah. And to me, we'll have brought Ayurvedic medicine into the modern day times in a way that was palatable and effective and easy for them to use in their system. They were going to prescribe something to you anyway. This is just them offering you a different solution and will have naturally healed the body. Not to even mention the fact that turmeric will not just relieve pain and inflammation, it's going to help us on like 50 other levels in the body as well.
1: So that's what I want to like speak to because I mean, it, it often can seem a bit like some of these particularly really potent herbs out there are sort of this panacea of possibility. And then that actually kind of degrades how we They're like, there's no way turmeric can be good at all these things, right? Like, and so we yeah. have a tendency or it also leaves people a little confused. Like I thought turmeric was for digestion. I thought turmeric was for this. Well, it's like the answer is yes, it is. Yes. And I, I'm going to take full responsibility for what I'm about to say. So this is not Dr. Shivana Gupta's perspective, this is mine, but I'm actually a big explorer and researcher in the world of psychedelic medicine. Yeah. And what's happening in the psychedelic medicine world is we're discovering that these just these few plants have this massive impact on all of health. They can reduce pain, they can alter people's, you know, depression and anxiety. We're seeing the connection between shifting vagal nervous system tone. So we actually do have precedent for there being one. Little mushroom, one cactus, one particular, you know, pretty extraordinary, dare I say magical plant that the earth has given us that creates this massive impact on so many levels, spiritually, emotionally, and physically of the human body and promotes health. And so what kind of hit me as you were talking about turmeric, and I like I said, this is the world according to Dr. Sarah Marshall, take responsibility. Turmeric? is kind of like psilocybin. It's not psychoactive. I don't mean it that way. But in that world of like, when we think of psilocybin and psilocybin mushrooms, we're like, oh my God, the world is, the sky is the limit of what is possible for the way it can make a difference for people. And it's generally perceived as safe. It doesn't have a lot of, there's not addictive side, you know, all that. It's like turmeric is almost like that because of the way that it deals with inflammation and how it deals with digestion and how it deals with detoxification pathways, which like, That is like the crux of so much of the origins of what people are dealing with on a daily basis that's taking them away from the optimal health that you were talking about. So I'm actually like right there with you. And I'd love to hear some more of kind of, you can really go into the the science here of like how on earth could turmeric actually work that well?
0: Sure. Yeah. And that's an interesting comparison. I've never heard it. I actually don't know much about psychedelics at all. I'm just watching the the knowledge coming out, and and for me, when something is new into the sector, I just watch it, watch it, watch it. I I try to see who benefits and how, and and then I, it's just another tool in my toolkit. Where when people come to me as a practitioner and they're like, I have this health issue, I'm like, you know what, that fusionary doctor is right for you. That modality could be right for you. Let me see if I can get a recommendation on how you can try that idea. I don't deal with that, but I I like to be the resource who guides. The thing with turmeric, it does so much. And and to get to speak to you, I can probably dive into it in a different way than I normally do. Normally, I say, look, it's a powerful anti-inflammatory. We all have chronic, low-grade, persistent inflammation, most likely causing a wildfire, forest fire in the body. And we have no idea that it's happening until the symptoms start to crop up. Some of those symptoms of inflammation are brain fog, tired, sluggish, irritable digestion. There's a lot of different symptoms. Joint pain was a big one. And thus, we should be taking something to reduce that inflammation to support the body. And caveat, I I do believe in food as well. But I approach it from the turmeric standpoint first because I want to get that pain down or get that problem solved. And then let's go fix all the lifestyle issues. So turmeric's anti-inflammatory, antioxidant. It's a powerful immune support. It's an immune modulator. It's antiviral. It's antibacterial. It's antifungal. And so because it does all those things and because the science that we have behind it shows, what turmeric does is it so easily binds to so many of the receptors in the body that can then take it, it, literally grabs it and goes and utilizes it in all the way it need all the ways that it needs. So, for example, TNF, NF kappa B, Cox, LOX, the I- interleukins. There's so many ways and in, in the body that can easily bind to curcumin from turmeric and non curcuminoid turmeric as well. Both have value, and can then take that turmeric into the body and just use it. And it's interesting. I was part of a recent biohackathon out of Clemson University where we dove into curcumin because the geneticist there said, you know what's funny? As I've done genetic research all these years, I've always wondered why turmeric came up so often as one of the things that so many receptors of the body can bind to. I couldn't understand why it was so common. And I said, honestly, I don't know why either, but isn't that interesting that this one plant has so many ways. And so where I've seen owning fusionary these last seven years, I've seen People share with me such interesting stories because a lot of them take it and they don't get sick anymore and they're heavy travelers for work. A lot of them couldn't walk anymore. They can walk again because they're taking potent curcumin. And then also what's interesting is I found the big organs of the body take it first, use it, those aspects of their bodies stabilize. And then all of a sudden, smaller problems start getting small solved. So people are like, well, my shoulder was hurting. You helped me. That was perfect. But then my gingivitis got healed. It just took longer. But that small thing also was helped and healed. And now I'm good. So I find that interesting as well, that it's so potent. It is anti-aging in the sense that it's an antioxidant. But what's cool is turmeric doesn't just go and solve the problem while it's on board. Turmeric, curcumin from turmeric, will go into the body and heal the pathway and the issue that's forever causing the problem. So it's truly healing. It's not like taking an NSAID for pain, which you're just knocking out your pain receptors for that time period, and the pain's going to come back, and the inflammation is going to come right back six hours later. What this plant is doing is it's going in and healing the root cause issue, so it's just solved. So I love that too because as someone on a health journey – as someone who has battled to build an immune system in my lifetime, I want to know that what I'm taking is going to build me from the ground up. And then I have the resilience to hold the result. That to me really matters. And so that's why I became obsessed with tumor. And I'm very obsessed with how we take it, the potency, the proportions, all those things.
1: Yeah. And I want to get into some of those specifics because that's, that's. I mean, as we continue to develop our understanding of the herbal pharmacy one of the things that we've really got to deal with is that how it's grown, when it's harvested, how it's prepared, how it's actually packaged into the supplement itself is going to make a huge difference whether or not you have the experience of it, the efficacy of the plant or not, right? There's, And, and that's the tough part because for m- much of it, that takes a master's degree or a PhD to understand. So you want to be able to go to sources that you can trust. But before we get into that, there's a couple of things you pointed to I just wanted to pull out. One is, is, I think this is clear, but curcumin is one of the pro- predominant active alkaloids inside a turmeric, but turmeric has tons of alkaloids that actually operate. So that's that the one of the beautiful powers of herbal medicine compared to pharmaceutical medicine, and they both have their strength, right? Pharmaceutical has a precision. There's one molecule that's going in and doing one thing very precisely. You can think of it like biochemical surgery. And then you have In herbal medicine, you have this one plant, but it might have hundreds, if not thousands, of different peptides and alkaloids and different molecular components that can operate on so many different levels. And it's kind of like the difference between listening to a solo celloist, cellist, and listening to an orchestra. Both have value, but the orchestra brings this harmony forward. So you end up with the ability to not diminish systems while you're building others up. There's like a harmonizing component, and that's pretty much unlikely to ever happen with a pharmaceutical. Precision is sometimes exactly what we need. That's the right tool for the job. But with precision usually comes liver damage, kidney damage, you know, whatever the body had to do to deal with and process that drug. There's a downside. I've been known to say that taking pharmaceuticals is like using a credit card. You can use credit cards responsibly, but you will always have to pay interest if you don't pay the minimum balance. And if you put your vacation on a credit card, that's one thing. If you put your mortgage payment on a credit card, that's another thing. And in our health, a lot of people are like putting their mortgage payments on credit cards and they're just trying to punt down, you know, they're surviving today, but it's going to build up this major problem in the future. And what I am sure you have research on, because I've seen this with many, many other products, is when you use a herbal synergizer or harmonizer like turmeric, turmeric. With pharmaceuticals, the pharmaceutical performs better and you get less of the downside and you get more of the upside. So there's actually often mutually beneficial relationships. And some of the things you talked about, TNF, interleukin, COX, locks, those are all these different cytokines, which many people have heard about, especially post COVID, because there's a lot of conversations about cytokines. The way I describe, describe cytokines is they're like the text messages and email system of the immune system. It's how they talk to each other. So it's all these molecules of communication. And when that text message or email gets sent through TNF alpha, TNF beta, interleukin, interleukin six is what increases fever, interleukin one, you know, you have these different mouthfuls of letters <laughs> that basically are referring to a communication system of one cell telling another cell, here's what you need to do. In order to heal the body and so when you can impact that communication system you can actually alter over expression or when the body's gotten stuck in a certain pathway and then the other thing i wanted to highlight about what you were saying because there's so much is there's actually layers of healing so in naturopathic medicine we talk about a philosophy called herring's law and in herring's law it's that the body's always going to get a disease expressed on the most superficial layer it can get away with. And so there's such thing as superficial disease and deep disease. And what you were talking about, like the shoulder inflammation and then the gingivitis is the way we would say it is that the shoulder is more superficial. It's more to the outside of the body. And and I know shoulders, I'm not actually meaning it locationally. It's because of the tissue layer of the joints and the tendons and the ligaments and the joint capsule itself. And also it tends to be one of the the last places the body wants to put toxicity, but one of the first places when you're healing, it'll start to remove it because you you need your your joints for mobility. But then deeper, quote unquote, places in the body, like the teeth, the bones, the nervous system, and some of the core functional organs – they get the they bear the the most weight of the disease, but they're the, they take the longest to heal. And so I love that you've expressed that that tumor can actually peel these layers back. And one of the things to think about is shifting from are we treating a symptom? Are we treating a system, the whole system of the body? Because what happens with me with some of my clients, I have to re-educate them is like, well, tell them what I'm intending a supplement for, like their joint pain. And then between sessions, they stop taking it because they're like, well, my joint pen won- pain went away. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> I mean, good. I'm glad the joint pain went away. But actually this isn't like taking Tylenol where you want to stop as soon as the symptom goes away. We want to keep taking it because now we get to get into those deeper layers as we go through. And you said that so eloquently and so perfectly about how that happens. So from here, then let's get into this other conversation about, it's a bit more industry focused, but I like, I always want Heal to be really practical. I want people to actually be able to have information they can walk away with. So I'm going to just say it plainly, like what's the difference between going to a buyer's club box store and buying a bottle of turmeric there versus going online to a specialty store, particularly like Fusion and actually paying what usually occurs as a much higher price for quote the same herb.
0: Sure. You know, it's, it's so interesting. Supplements are not regulated. And so we deal with an industry that can put anything in a pill and sell it to us. And we wouldn't know that it was bad for us unless it harmed us and people reported it. And so when I entered the supplement sector, I was so obsessed with purity because of who I am. I was born as someone who I thought I literally said I have no immune system for most of my life until I learned Ayurveda and said, oh, okay, I have responsibility in building the system I want to have. And when it comes to turmeric, the turmeric plant that comes out of the earth is the raw plant in Ayurveda in India. We rarely use raw turmeric. I know there's a huge trend towards it. People love it. They're like, I juice it. I think that's great. If you're a juicer of turmeric, please add healthy fat or a black pepper so it'll absorb better. Then there's people who say, well, I use the spice. I buy turmeric, the spice. And yes, turmeric, the spice is a potent concentrated version of raw turmeric. Also quality differences. We know spices nowadays can come with all sorts of different stuff in there, or it's just the spice. When you're using the spice, also use black pepper or a healthy fat, or you're not going to absorb it. So a lot of people are just sprinkling it willy-nilly, not understanding how to get it in there. I think the spice is still beneficial. I think it's so good to use spices and herbs in our cooking and in our teas and all of that. The ethos of turmeric, which in India we call haldi, is people had it in their diet constantly. I run an Indian household. We eat haldi, turmeric, in our food every day. I don't consider that enough to battle what modern-day food society and growth – modern-day food, air, and water, to me, is so low quality and damaging to the body. I don't think that our regular threshold of what we used to do is good enough. To combat them, And so I don't consider turmeric the spice effective enough at significantly reducing inflammation in the body, at least not in my case and most of the people I meet. So then we get to the supplement. So out of all of that turmeric spice, only 3% of it is the curcuminoids. Out of those three curcuminoids, curcumin is the most effective at reducing inflammation in the body. And there are benefits to the non-curcuminoid turmeric, the other 97%, just because we haven't studied it doesn't mean it's not beneficial, but we have the most science on the three curcuminoids. And so when I finished my PhD, I looked around and I was like, well, who am I going to find who's the best? So I picked up everyone's labels. It is so fascinating. It took an entire PhD for me to finally afterwards sit with the labels and understand them. So most of them write on the label, curcuma longa, thousand milligrams. That is just turmeric spice that you could have bought for $3 at the grocery store because that's the name of the plant. But people read curcuma and think it's curcumin. Oh, it must be the same. And they don't realize it's different. So that's like I get on my soapbox about that one. Because if you're going to charge someone 20 bucks, 30 or 40 bucks for a bottle, at least have the respect to give them the extract, which has the higher cost. And and give them what you're promising. Like to me, there's so many ethical issues. So a lot of people tell me, look, I go to my this big box retailer, that big box retailer. Turmeric's just twenty bucks. What makes yours better? And I I say, look, this all comes down to potency, quality. I was obsessed enough that I took the time to go find the most potent extract of curcumin and give it at a full 500 milligrams in the capsule. And it's why it's taken me seven years for my company to finally work because I was so obsessed with quality over my business plan. But I told my team when I found that ingredient, my my factory said, you are crazy. No one would use this ingredient in a product. No one is this insane. You should not do this. And I said, I totally hear you. Let's just assume that I don't have to make money for my personal self for like a year or two, and let's just test a theory of if we can prove in Western medicine that it can be as effective as what they're using. Otherwise, what's the point? Like if you can't actually work for joint pain and you're craving that you can't, you're saying that you can, really you're you're pretending that you can and you're not solving the issue. So I wanted to fit in that slice of orthopedics that says people are in pain, they all can't take NSAIDs. They know a lot of them that all these things have side effects that they don't want. What if I could actually fit in that slice and actually drive that result? And it's interesting because earlier you mentioned synergistic. Ayurveda is very much about the synergy and the synchronicity of how the herbs work together. So I built two formulas. I built turmeric gold to be that straight precision arrow. It's 500 milligrams curcumin, four milligrams black pepper extract, 50 milligrams turmeric, why? Because I wanted the synergy of the turmeric in there for all that non-curcuminoid benefit. And also we always want to mitigate in Ayurveda anytime we put something that precise into the body, because it's almost violent. You're like giving something so strong to the body and the body's got to assimilate it. And so I wanted to cushion it a bit with the turmeric in there. And one of my advisors told me that that was the best way to go. And he's a big researcher in the turmeric industry. And then I built a second formula called inflammation relief. And that one is the true Ayurvedic formula for someone who's inflamed. So any inflammation in the body, if it's joint pain or whatever, that one is the curcumin first. because I wanted to deliver that precise result, no matter what I am working with Western medicine. They want the result, but I added guduchi, baswilia dry ginger, amla, turmeric, and black pepper. In the exact correct proportion, in the exact correct order, sourced with love, with the maximum potency I can jam in the pill. My factory's always like, you are freaking crazy. No one goes to the hilt on every pill like this. And I'm always trying to add more. And they're like, you are forbidden. We can't even fit what you want into the pills anymore, I Shivani. It. And so- but for me, I'm so obsessed with the result. Yeah. Why? Because I want to impact the world. And I personally was never going to take it if I couldn't know for a fact that it was the best. Yeah. Like that was the whole ethos of building it. And so I I really love, I've actually, I was always team turmeric gold. Now I'm a little bit more team inflammation relief, just because I've seen how effective it is in the patient base that, that takes it. And then a lot of people order it from my site. So I get to talk to them. I answer my 1-800 number. And so I know Andrew Anderson with his RA can use his hands. And this little old lady who's very sweet, who's in Miami, she can stay mobile. So to me, that's the best part is to personally hear in which way the turmeric helped each person.
1: And I just can't even begin to, I mean, I'm going to try. I'm just, I'm so grateful for you and people like you who are willing to be this kind of committed to the actual, like possibility of herbal medicine and possibility. I mean, there's a bigger umbrella of Ayurvedic medicine. There's the even bigger umbrella of like the whole world of these. I I, I don't know if there's a good term that we've invented for this yet, where we have naturopathic medicine, Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, all underneath this umbrella of bringing forth our ancient knowledge and wisdom that we've been healing our bodies and ourselves for thousands of years if somebody knows, please send it to me on one of my messaging apps, yeah. what we can call that whole world. Right. But cause it doesn't work for These me to call it alternative medicine,
0: ancient medicine.
1: I like that functional, you know, ancient medicine, functional
0: medicine. I'm a super fan of yeah, functional medicine. me too. I find so many people who need it. And I'm like, you guys, All of you need it. So I keep going to different ones so I can understand the flavor of each practitioner, what they subspecialize in, and then I can refer to them. And I tell everyone, look, functional medicine covers so much. And the last piece is called lifestyle. Many of us can do that. I like to dig into Ayurveda's bucket. You can dig into naturopathic. We're all speaking the same language. So it's really about which approach resonates in your mind and your being and works for you. But I love, I've been thinking about functional Ayurvedic medicine because when I partner with functional, I can really understand that person at much deeper levels. I love all the testing. When I have free time, which I don't know when that'll be, I want to do like (laughs) a functional practitioner course to be able to do all the testing myself yeah i'm such a nerd that i i would just i know
1: i i actually want to go get a phd i mean i'm probably not going to but i've always been like i could be an nd, ND phd like totally Why not? absolutely and then the other day i was like god there's some really amazing things with chiropractic medicine. Maybe I should just go back and spend a year and a half and get my DC. I'm like, okay, stop. Just do what's in front of you. Stay in your lane. I wanted lane. to
0: do my DOM. And my was yep. like, you are not going to act like <laughs> full-time with young children and expecting me to help with this journey. Totally. No, I hear you.
1: Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. And I think that we actually get to be the pioneers of what we're going to, what we're going to actually refer this to as. And Functional ancient medicine has, you know, even in naturopathic medicine, it's interesting because a lot of our philosophers, the origins, you know, Hahnemann for homeopathy, we can go back about 250 years and a little bit more now. And and yet, but when we look at like the roots of Western herbal medicine, we're talking Vikings and Druids and ancient Rome. And then there was before that it was coming out of. Persia and it was coming out, you know, Africa and like the spice trade was literally part of the medicine. So I, I, there is this ancient roots. We, we, as a profession, maybe it's me. I haven't heard many people talking about our ancient roots as much, because I think that for a while naturopaths have been kind of fighting for their corner of the, the conversation. And there's been a lot of like proving that we are Equivalent to the training of medical doctors and we are. And so that's kind of had us step away from some of those roots, which to me breaks my heart a little bit. So that's what I just love about what you're doing is, is, I mean, good job on the name because you're fusing these conversations. Right. And, and
0: and that's just something that I'm
1: so passionate about. I
0: think we have to, you know, we live in these modern day times. I'm watching AI explode and I'm watching all these transitions. And I grew up when the internet came to be and the personal computer came to be in my generation watching all of this. So it's just fascinating. We go so modern in the sciences and so disconnected and social media and all these things. And if we just could understand the ancient the ethos even the understanding of ancient medicine and the ancient wisdom and that lifestyle we wouldn't have to combat disease at the level of epic proportions yeah. we're having to deal with it yeah. and and I love each of the modalities I literally I love acupuncture as a a treatment tool all of the different ancient modalities are just phenomenal and I wish I wish there was more people who just understood how to do it. And you know what? The, on the positive note, post-pandemic, I am seeing a lot of people who are like, you know what? Oh, yeah. Well, this is a construct. I can choose how I want to live in this life. And any day I take off from coming to the office, I, I live in such a different mode on those days. And I'm like, this is how we were meant to live. Fry our eggs and food with love. Eat the meal with peace. All those different things that I love. So yeah, it's it's an interesting. Technology. And I think for, for
1: I mean, I know that the last three years have brought all sorts of challenges and stresses to a lot of people but also an overarching theme has been people stepping away from practices that no longer serve them and saying no and creating boundaries around work life i mean i'm currently recording this from actually this is the bathroom studio in an airbnb in san diego (laughs) and i am like like it took me a little while to get there but i'm about to embark on two months of travel and I'm working full time the whole time because I'm virtual. And I rented a place in Isla Mujeres, Mexico, and I'm going to be living on a Caribbean island for the next two months. Nice. And I haven't done something like this, even though I'm like my, my structure set up for it in years. And it's like taking back, claiming back, you know, yeah. getting connected to how we nourish ourselves in our lives and our hearts and our bodies. And, and that's so critical to the healing process and I wish, like I have people come to me all the time. They're like, well, my goal is to not to get to the point where I never have to take supplements.
0: Hmm.
1: And I get that. And yeah, I, I, I don't, don't <laughs> often straight up tell people that you have to take this for the rest of your life because there's no have tos. There's no okay. such thing. Like it is your life journey. It is your path. But you really spoke to this, which is there's a degree that we just have to be responsible for the world that we currently live in. And it is not, a world that gives us a shot at all at health without fighting for it. Like we literally have to fight for it. So then you get to pick and choose. Are you going to have a sauna in your home? Are you going right. to take turmeric every single day? Are you going to get out of that job? That's literally crushing your soul. Are you going to move to the location that's going to nourish you? You know, are you willing? And the other one that I, and I get it right. We, we you and I have our own versions of having to deal with this is, is time. Yeah. And I've really started to take a bigger and bigger stand for, Health and the practices that actually nourish yourself will require a minimum of two hours of your day. (laughs) Two hours to cook, to to take supplements, to do the practices. Right, and 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 part of what I'm out to shift is that sitting and meditating is not living my life. Going in the sauna is away from what's important. It's like, no, we got to get these all interconnected. And the more that I can bring joy. And experiences people want to have while they are doing castor oil packs and sitting in the sauna or moving their body like they're eating their food because they're prepping it with their kids and they know that they're teaching their children how to be in love with food and eat in a way that nourishes them. And they're actually they're learning to get back in the kitchen and it's making a difference with their kids and then their kids, you know, and the difference we know that sitting down by the table around together and being connected makes for and it it makes you digest your food better <laughs> among other things, right? Like so many of these things and it. And we may not do all of them, but in the last three years, I've moved to the country. I have an acre of land. I'm surrounded by greens. And I honestly have been dealing with like isolation and loneliness. I'm like, wait a minute, I might've gone too far, but I needed that. Like I needed that time and that space for this deep reset. And it's making a difference. Nice. And you talked about The seven day inflammation detox, because I also want to make this palatable for people where like, we may or may not restructure our whole lives. yeah. (laughs) And so what are the practices that you recommend for people to kind of keep up with it? You know, and so you had mentioned like, there's a standard annual inflammation detox that you are trained in and know about. Would you share more about that?
0: Sure. So, yeah, I'm one of those people who's landlocked to where I live. I'm not going to easily move. My husband's career is too big for him to leave South Florida. So I will be here probably for the rest of my life. But that doesn't prevent me from traveling. I could live in India every summer with my kids like my parents did for me growing up. And I've thought hard about that, like going at least for a month and just showing them that life is not like South Florida. There's this other life that exists. And also to me, to be in India is just so delicious. I can wander the spice markets and everything is so heavenly to me there. I also studied abroad in college and lived in Italy. And so I have a personal obsession with Italy. And every time I go anywhere near Europe, I stop in Italy to eat for a day. And it's my life's mission to go live near Mount Vesuvius where the food grows the best like summers in Italy, I'm happy to work remotely. It's all fine, but I think my children and I should sit in an Airbnb and eat all the pasta we want because I can. Yes, eat definitely I can eat the gluten in Italy happily, unlike in America. Uh-huh. And all the food feels so good, and I don't gain an ounce of weight just eating pasta all day. So to me, that's like what I'm working for at some point in my life. Totally. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where I, 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 look at current modern day society and I try my best. I am one of those girls who works so hard for the vibrant health that I have. I have routines. I have rituals. I have habits. I have systems. I have probiotics stacked and supplements stacked here in my office. And then I have them at home. And so I'm always on the journey of trying to figure out how to make this easier for everybody else because I'm totally willing to do this. I'm willing to do anything. And I have a lot of discipline and I love being consistent. And when I'm disciplined and consistent, I feel so good because I'm winning at my health. But I know that not everyone wants to do that. I know that not everyone has the time, the resources, they have different responsibilities possibly than I do. And I really respect that we're all coming from different places. So the way I teach it is we can build a circadian rhythm and a rhythm in our day that is custom to our dosha that is custom to our lifestyle i call it like the ayurveda blueprint let's build a blueprint for you that you follow that makes you feel good and whole and nourished instead of tired and sluggish and depleted and feeling like you know you're on this hamster wheel of life and and at any minute the wheel might fall off and you're just going to get tossed off the wheel and i also like to show people that annually or even quarterly, seasonally at the intersection of seasons, if we can pause and take a week, because I find most people are not going to give me three weeks in a row. So the easier way to think of it is at the intersection of seasons, spring turns into summer, summer turns into fall, summer turning into fall is actually a big one when you want to do a good detox because those are big season changes. If you can take a week and just hit the reset button and you don't have to even take off from work, you can literally say, I'm going to do a seven-day inflammation challenge with Dr. Shivani, and all I'm going to do is give up two to three inflammatory foods for one week, and I'm going to just do a little more self-love, self-care, self-awareness around any of my self-care rituals. That is enough to reset the button, not 100%, not the whole enchilada three-week thing I'm talking about because those are very intense detoxes that I've done in India, but more the the 50, 60, 70% reset button that I need in the here and now so that the body is supported going season to season. So in Ayurveda, circadian rhythm, what we're talking about is nature's clock. Waking up with the sun, going to bed with the sun, understanding that we don't need to be on a hamster wheel of caffeine. And instead- We can do self-love, self-care throughout the day. So I teach that as tea time is me time. Tea time is me time is like these anchor points in my day where I pause and I ask myself some questions. I say, Shivani, how do you feel right now? And sometimes I'm like, I'm tired and I have a headache. Okay, Shivani, maybe you need to hydrate. So I just have a, a, a few moments of checking in with myself and I've trained my intuition to give me the deeper answers that I need to hear. So sometimes my intuition will say, you are setting yourself up for a train wreck. Please don't do this. And I'll, I'll have to scale back what I committed to in the day. Cause I didn't build in any moment to breathe any moment to hydrate or eat or have tea or anything. And so now I have a rhythm. I know exactly when to have tea all day. I know when to take my supplements. I know that I'm a bad hydrator and that's like my one weakness that I need to work on. So I work on it more. I sleep on time. Like it's my religion. I sleep between 10 and 1030 because in circadian rhythm, we say 10 to two is the best time for detoxification and regeneration of the body. So I'm like a super fan of moving everyone's sleep up to get that 10 to two. And then if they can also sleep two to six and get a full seven, eight or nine hours of sleep based on their constitution and their lifestyle, I really teach everyone get that sleep to be amazing so that all the other things we're trying to do all day can function well. And I can tell in my body, if I sleep like crap, my next day is horrible. I'm reaching for sugar carbs, caffeine. I'm like, it's on a, been such
1: a huge you know, thing. Like I have so many people changer. who come to me and I really get it where like they focus on food. I know I need to clean up my diet. I should cut carbs. I yeah. I gotta get off the gluten, like I know I know, I know, I know. like sugars might, you know, and I yes. And more and more, I've been shifting towards we deal with the sleep, which is usually the one that they're more resistant to changing,
0: <laughs> and actually. And they have a problem. Yeah. Like I invented a sleep tea and a sleep formula a few years ago, and I was like, oh, it'll just do great because people will know if you don't sleep well, you're inflamed. And so I was like, well, let me fix everyone's inflammation by fixing the sleep. And also during the day, I'll give them the turmeric. And people all tell me all the time, my sleep is fine. Mm -hmm. and i just look at them like no one's sleep is fine even my sleep is not fine without tools and support and habits and rituals Uh uh-huh yeah funny no
1: it's huge and that's that's that comparison this is a whole another podcast but i talk about it a lot is what we call normal is actually average it's what most people do which is not but then if you look at how most people's health is and our statistics of chronic serious diseases let alone all the functional things And so I'm constantly, like, looking at, like, yeah, I got it. What we've called normal is actually average. And we know human beings are incredibly good at normalizing incredibly intense, horrific circumstances. And so, like, actually recognizing that shift. And I have had – and I – I can't quite say that nobody can function this way because I read the research and they say that there are some people's biorhythms that they actually can operate on six hours of sleep a night. And there is something to that for some people. And maybe you can speak to that from the Ayurvedic doshas. But my general experience is if I have anybody that's inflamed, anybody that's healing, you can't heal on six hours of sleep. You might be able to maintain. Although I personal experience is like That all that is just trying to justify our ways of living. And, you know, we literally did go to sleep with the sun and wake up with the sun. Like, literally, like that's exactly what we did. And I have noticed being away from the lights of a city, I'm much more prone to do that. My sleep cycles, since I've been living out in the countryside, have shifted dramatically. I'm in bed at nine, nine thirty, and I'm like, my eyes are like closing themselves at 10, 15, which never used to be the case. I mean, I was a good sleeper, but I'd have to like lay there and kind of like unwind and I would actually fall asleep easily. But like my sleep is, is coming to me. It's like, no, 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 no. It's 10, 15, <laughs> you're sleeping now. And I literally am like falling asleep. Even if I'm reading, I didn't used to do that. And then 6, 15, 630, every single morning, I wake up my alarm set for seven or 730, usually just as a like safety net. I, I hear it when I'm already halfway through my morning routine and I'm like, oh, I already have the dog fed and the kitchen cleaned and the stuff done. And now my alarm's going off because, and that's been happening for quite some time. And you don't know this. My guests do. My father passed away from pancreatic cancer pretty suddenly last year. So I've been in this year of grief. And for many people, grief brings up a lot of sleep issues and i've actually surrendered to keeping that circadian rhythm like as as healthy as i possibly can i'm certain it has helped me heal it's helped me stay in balance in this process
0: yeah yeah of course you know sleep is when we heal sleep is when the body rejuvenates i explain the 10 to 2 part as it's when the garbage trucks come out. So if you can imagine these little cute green garbage trucks coming out and going into the mind and collecting all the clutter, because there's a lot we soak up in the day that is just garbage. I watch too much social media, so I absorb all sorts of crap. Then it comes into our heart, any emotions that do not serve or emotions of others that we're carrying in case we're empaths and we're compassionate. We soak everyone's stuff up, comes in there, collects it goes to our gut, our digestive system, where all the processed ingredients, any food we ate during stress, anything that just was not digested and not meant to give us ojas. Ojas in Ayurveda is that nectar of life that we're attaining by being our absolute healthiest. So anything that's not gonna serve us, garbage trucks will collect that. And then in the morning, it all goes. So we're very obsessed in Ayurveda that everyone's got their bowel movement every day and all of that. But if we don't give our body healthy sleep and we haven't prepared the body for that ideal deep sleep, we're not going to get that result. And because we're not going to get that result, we're going to have a consistent buildup and accumulation. Like the glymphatic system in the brain can hold up to three pounds of waste. Can you imagine your brain holding three pounds of waste in it annually because it didn't get to detox? Imagine what that looks like in your body. And sometimes I look around in America, I see all these photos sometimes that are like Americans versus Europe and the other countries and the Asian countries. Why is it that our bodies are so bloated here? It's it's a question I have for myself. Is it the gums in my food? Is it the the chemicals in my food? What is causing so much excess fat to be stored in such a weird way on our bodies that we know is not healthy for us? To me, I don't worry about people's looks, I really look at it as if my body, just mine, is holding excess fat in weird places, what is that going to show up as in my blood work? I can see it in my blood work. What does that mean for my detoxification pathways? Am I not detoxing often enough or seasonally? And so that's why I like to do what you mentioned, the seven-day challenge or the inflammation detoxes on people. I sometimes do a full 21-day protocol with people in my group program because we have the accumulations. Oftentimes approaching sleep first will help, The root cause of it a lot of the times is the inflammation. And so, of course, that that lifestyle shift is necessary. Supplements are necessary. Kind of bringing the whole thing together. And I know it sounds complex and like a lot of work. I like to simplify down to the simplest. Like sleep has to be improved. Food, of course, we all know has to be improved. Take the supplements that you're actually deficient in. Most people don't do the blood work to know. I can tell you to a T exactly the eight supplements I must take. They are required of me because my diet has left me deficient in those eight vitamins and minerals, which means my body's not working properly. It's just not when I don't take them. And so can we just at least do the minimum to give ourselves the foundation of health that we need? Then we can build upon a good foundation to have vibrant health, optimal health, energy, my whole life shifted once I built my vibrant immunity, because then I could travel and do adventurous things and, and really have the ability to live life at a different level of excitement and adventure and adrenaline rush and all those kinds of things that I never could before, because my whole job before was to live in a bubble and protect myself. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, it it brings out when we, when we increase our health, it brings out our creative life force energy, which. The other way of saying that is a sex drive, like our sure. desire for intimate connection is often rooted in our body's sense of excess vitality that I want to go create life with. Now, it doesn't mean you have to go make babies, but actually that's and, and whether it gets expressed as sensual sexual energy in terms of actual sex, it can also be expressed as creative pursuits, being an artist, being a musician, writing a book decorating your home the way you even cook your food whatever it is that sort of lights you up that brings you to your passion that's all connected and and exactly what you're saying in naturopathic medicine we call it our vital life force energy our vitality and there's a whole subset of naturopaths that we call ourselves vitalists because what we really do isn't curing disease it's increasing the vital force in the body and actually allowing the body to sort itself out And right in alignment, right? Of course, it makes total sense that a lot of the similar structure that I was trained in is just right there in Ayurvedic medicine, because that's that universal truth that we've been building off of. And You know, I also have my history. I was an asthma, allergy, immune system Mm -hmm. kid where I had everything under the sun I would get. I was hospitalized multiple times for different kinds of infections. I would have severe asthma that would last for weeks at a time to the point where like I'm getting really, really low oxygen counts and where they're just doing the best they could to work through it. And I was, <laughs> I joked that I also had no immune system. I used to say that I have three immune system cells, Larry, Curly, and Mo is what I named them. The three stooges, <laughs> those are my only white blood cells.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so we have a very strong parallel there. And I found naturopathic medicine. Like I'd already had my toes in herbal medicine and homeopathy and even some lifestyle pieces that I had to learn as a kid because I couldn't run a normal American childhood and make it. I wasn't going to. And so yeah. I had to manage my sleep from a very young age. Sleep was imperative for me. And that made college really interesting. There was no all-nighters in my life. I would actually be done studying by seven. I'd be in bed between nine 30 and 10. And I'd wake up at five in the morning. And I, if I was going to cram, I'd cram from 5.00 AM to 9.00 AM before the tests, because wow. there was no way I could do it. My brain just wouldn't let me like it was just done that piece about the three pounds of mm-hmm. waste products in our glial system. Like yeah. that hit something home for me because so many people in the last three years have come into my practice way more than I've ever seen before complaining of brain fog, totally memory loss, word loss, where they can't find a name. They can't find it. And, and like, I can't even really come up with a good reason why I think there's going to be some things that come out psychologically about you know there is something that we know about the fog of war and the stress that a culture goes through when it's in inside of a war violent conversation and what they're dealing with. And I, I'm not trying to draw comparisons except to just look for, there's gonna be something that comes out that we've been under far more sociologic stress and sure. community-based stress than we have been willing to admit over the last three years. And I think that sure. that's gonna end up kind of elucidating some of what people are dealing with, but it's it's like kind of mind blowing how everybody's brains have seemingly slowed down several notches. And this is like my well-being clients, my autoimmune clients. It doesn't matter what their background is, and it's like almost universal. And so I'm just thinking anything that's going to give our bodies and ourselves that leg up to reduce the inflammation for our brain function, that's one of the biggest things it used to be everyone complained about their energy. That was their yeah. main thing. I want more energy. I want more energy. It's no longer the leading complaint. The leading complaint now for most people is I want my memory and my brain back.
0: Yeah. And it's mine. It's my biggest complaint in inside of myself. And years ago, I met a functional medicine doctor who had studied Ayurveda. We were at an Ayurveda conference and it was so fascinating. She, I, I, I hired her as my practitioner. We worked together and eventually she and my sister sat me down and did an intervention. And they were like, you need thyroid medication. And I was like, I don't take chronic medications. That's not me. And they were like, we understand it grates against your identity, but you still need it. And I was like, I know. And they were like, well, if it was called thyroid support, support and it was a supplement, you'd take it. So why don't you just open your mind to the fact that you need this? And so I did. I took nature thyroid, which is also known as armor. And all of a sudden it was like you put glasses on in my brain. I could see clearer, which was shocking to me. I was like, "What? my world was a little blurry. that I didn't even notice that one, but I could think clearly and I could function clearly and my brain came back and I grew up a pretty smart girl because I have brilliant parents or whatever, whatever gives us good, brilliant brains, but I could always remember everything. I was always very smart in math. I, the PhD was a struggle because it was a lot of science, but I got through I have a weird ability to pull, as if I have file cabinets in my brain, I can pull Ayurvedic data that I learned 20 years ago. And my friends are like, actually, this is not this lifetime. Your Ayurvedic wisdom comes from way too many lifetimes because you solve people's issues now just intuitively. You can see them, hear them, and you're like, actually, all you need to do is take this and you'll win. And I'm pretty much usually right. So it's been fun now to do consultations because when you can- really like hone in on the intuitive answer. And And combine it with the science and all of the data. Yeah. Pull the science from way, way, way back in your brain. So the brain fog thing disturbs me tremendously because it prevents me from accessing all my knowledge to forget words. I'm like, I can, I can sense that there's a word that I want to say, but I can't even access all the words that I've read. And I'm an avid reader. So I went on this journey these last few years of I'm going to fix this. I'm determined. So I've adjusted diet. I I cut out sugar in a lot of foods. I was like, you know what? I don't need any of that stuff. I've cut alcohol way down. Yes, I entertain. Whatever I can have a glass of wine every two weeks. Then yeah, I can I'm keep doing my the brain same out. thing. Like it, it makes a difference. The yeah. sugar makes a difference. I have no need for sugar from external sources in my life. Turmeric is a vasodilator. It increases blood flow in the body. So when it comes to sexual dif- dysfunction, it's wonderful also when it comes to brain health. So I run my own self-test. I'm like, okay, if I take turmeric gold inflammation relief three times a day, does that create a shift in my total access of my knowledge? I have improved my gut health significantly. I'm obsessed Mm -hmm. with gut health. Mm -hmm. Not only because Ayurveda is not only because my doctor a few years ago diagnosed me with leaky gut, which explained a whole entire lifetime of struggle. I was like, thank you for putting a name to my lifetime problem called no immune system. So I do leaky gut protocols. I do what Ayurveda says. I've added in ghee into our life. I've added in probiotic rich foods before my meal. So I do the work now because I want my brain to work. Yeah. Yeah. Before it was more aesthetic. Like, oh, I want to be fitter and leaner or, oh, I want great gut health because I want an immune system. Now the focus is brain. I even look at brain supplements all the time. And then I'm like, Shivani, you can make this like i i know how to use our Ayur, ayurvedic herbs so It's funny when you're like courting other ideas Uh and then you look at them. And and for me, compliance is a big issue. If I don't believe in the supplement company, if I don't know that it's a medical grade supplement that's sold in doctor's offices, that doctors have tried on their patients and they see the difference. I ask that question of every doctor. I'm like, have you seen it move the blood work or have you seen it move a specific patient symptom? If not, I'm not taking that supplement. Mm. I am not wasting my time, money, and energy, nor am I putting something in the body. So, no, it's me, so brain huge. health is like a a horrible epidemic that's going to come at us like a freight train because we have diabetes, you know, end stages of diabetes lead to dementia. I'm hearing of people have acute Alzheimer's. I've mm-hmm. had two cases acute, and I recently yeah. found a place. I'm like acute Alzheimer's, yeah. acute onset. What is happening in the world that all of a sudden, boom
1: and mold toxicity is a massive issue in all of this and there's a lot of corresponding you know rapid onset parkinsons rapid onset dementia and mental issues and it's not it's not like that's the only cuz what happens with a lot of these with with dementia and alzheimers and parkinsons and some of those sorts of types of disorders in our brain they can come from multiple different origin points but one of them for some people literally can be mold toxicity, which then goes hand in hand with an overgrowth of candida and fungal infection. And you get in this loop sometimes between them. And that's been an area that I've been taking on and studying a lot more because the amount of water damaged buildings that we have and the reclamation process for mold is like so expensive and so complicated that most companies are never going to do it. And if you're renting a home, let alone owning one, that's a whole other thing. And even when you own your own home, like if you're a mold sensitive individual Holy moly. Yeah, there's and so just like that, though, but that's one of the places I've actually seen the acute rapid onset dementia and cognitive issues can come out of those kinds of underlying conditions. So like,
0: that's good to know. That's a big deal, because it's, it's horribly devastating. I'm watching people and they're like, Yeah, I just lost my beautifully intelligent brother, because he's now can't remember anything. Mm -hmm. And so there was a resource I found in South Florida, there's a center. And I met the owner, she created it because of her son. And it's all the different tools you need to re bring the brain back. That's great for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's patients and dementia patients. But wow, if it's yeah, my
1: mentor, Dr. Dixon, Tom, who he's been on the podcast, he's been practicing medicine over 55 years. And his one of his kind of focuses I wouldn't full-blown call it a specialty has been neurology through the years and and used all the naturopathic approach and biotherapeutic drainage with neurology and he would talk extensively about how much we can reverse and alter and shift when we shift the other aspects of the body and the health but it's yeah it's it's massively on the rise i mean chronic yeah. disease as a whole is But it's, it's, it's interesting because there's a certain tolerance we'll put up with diabetes. It's inconvenient, but the worst parts of diabetes aren't going to come for 30, 40, 50 years. And so they kind of just don't, it doesn't sit in the person's life and the day. but you start changing their brain, their memory and their functionality. Like, yep, absolutely. Then
0: they'll step in real fast. Yeah. And that's always (laughs) a struggle to me personally, just because I'm so into prevention and it's because I saw my family suffer so much growing up. And people are so complacent about their health. And I just wish, I I assumed that the pandemic would just flip a switch and we would all realize that we needed our 20 minutes plus of sun per day, that we needed to walk in nature and forest bathe and reset our nervous system, that we must honor sleep as the most important health habit of all, that we would all just give up our inflammatory foods because who wants to go through that pandemic again? We could prevent the future pandemics. Yeah. They don't have to happen at all. And then the world didn't go the way I thought, and everyone reached for alcohol and bread and pasta and food. And I was uh-huh. like, oh,
1: <laughs> coping this mechanisms. Is human
0: nature. Like we are yeah. just like this. Even yeah. I was like partying through the COVID time because I was like, oh well, life might end. We should enjoy every Friday
1: night.
0: Yes, and now, now we're
1: recovering so from those choices. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. No, oh just, my absolutely. gosh. Shivani, this has been incredible. I am very clear that I could keep talking to you for hours and I just really appreciate the breadth and depth of your knowledge. There's, there's a lot of resonance here, especially the, you know, my background is in, you know, chemistry was my undergraduate. And then I spent all four years of medical school in the research department. I have an honors in research and, you know, spent a lot of time in the medical research side of things and also have brought a lot of value to and validity to my intuitive side. And it is getting to that point where like, I trust that I let that flow. I use the combination of both sides of here's what I can see medically straight up. And then my intuition is guiding us in this way and getting really extraordinary results with people because of that. And it's just thank you for being another champion of this work, being out in the world and sharing it as you are and being willing to create so many bows to you for being willing to create a supplement company. I have had people say like, you should do supplements. And I'm like, ah, no, I mean, (laughs) no, (laughs) maybe someday. But I just thank you so, so, so much. And the clear commitment that you have to an incredibly high standard of quality and efficacy is it's such a big deal. And we do have an offer is that you can use the Heal podcast code to get 15% off of fusionary products on the website. And then we will have that in the show notes. So you can go to my website, it'll, it'll be in any of the podcast show notes, you'll be able to get that. And, you know, actually try this out for yourself and see the difference that it can make for you. Like I'm I have no problem seriously backing you know, products out there that I think will make a difference for people because it's hard to cut through all the noise, you know, what will and what won't. And if you're going to spend the money and you're going to put the time and energy into it, I want it to work for people.
0: Yeah, there's so much to that industry. And, and I learn more every year about testing and, and the levels of testing we can do to ensure that the product arrived correctly, that it's produced correctly, that it's delivered. I dove into teas a few years ago because I was like, can I design a tea that's as effective as a supplement? Because then that's really going back to Ayurveda's roots. Ayurveda's all about the teas and the herbs and concocting it. So I achieved it in two of my teas, which I'm very happy about. And so I always just look at society and say, what are people struggling with the most? where where's the pain point the biggest how can i design something for her for her life for her problem or for his and then you just go from there you know i think we're all in this integrative health space to impact lives yeah. and each of us has our own like arrow or slice that we get to fill a need in and uh, thank you for having me it's been it's been wonderful chatting with you today
1: yeah i appreciate it so much so much until we get to do it again thank you for being on heal
0: yes thank you
1: Thank you to today's guest, Dr. Shivani Gupta, for her dedication and determination. For all the resources for today's show, visit sarahmarshallnd.com podcast. Special thanks to our music composer, Roddy Nickpour, and our editor, Kendra Vicken. And as always, thank you for being here. We'll see you next time.